Good morning, everyone. Thanks again for joining us in our online service this morning in this uh, worship service to our God. Today, we will be starting a new series on the parables of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. If we careful read the Bible, we will notice from the Gospels that in three years of Jesus' ministry, he used parable, parables extensively uh, to teach his disciples eternal truth from common stories and imagery of everyday life and to provoke a response from the crowd when they heard the parables. Those committed to the kingdom of God would seek to find further understanding of what the parable meant. But those uncommitted, perhaps listening only because of initial excitement, would reject uh, the teaching uh, as unintelligible. The great majority of people in Jesus' day were not in interested in God's truth. The reason they did not understand Jesus' parables was because they did not want to hear. And this is what we will see in the first parable in this series today, which is very non-parable, and uh, it's called the parable of the sower, or also the parable of the soils, as many also name it. So let's turn our Bibles in the book of Luke, chapter 8, and we will be reading from verse 4 to verse 15. That says the word of God. And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on rock, on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had not moisture. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up with it and shocked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded an, a, a hundred fold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciple asked, disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but to others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who heard then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. 
but these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are shocked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for, as for that in good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Let's pray. Father, once again, we give you thanks, O oh Lord, for this time. When you ask your people to gather under your word, Lord, is to save us and also to sanctify us. Jesus, you have prayed, Father, your word sanctified them. And at this time, this is what we pray for us. Change our lives, save the lost, and sanctify your children. For your name's sake and for your glory. Through the power of your word and through the ministry of your spirit in us. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Last week we saw how two people responded to Jesus. The owner of the house where Jesus was invited to dine in, Simon the Pharisee responded to the presence of Jesus in his teaching and his teaching in self-righteousness, indifference, but a woman who was known as a sinner responded with brokenness and repentance, and Jesus forgave her sins. So we understand from this narrative that every time that we encounter Jesus, in and through his word, there must be a response from us. Either we will receive him and his word in faith and obedience, or we will reject him and his word in unbelief and disobedience. There is no a middle ground or neutral ground when it comes to hearing and responding God's word. But the question then is, why? Why do people respond in a different way to Jesus and his word? Well, I think that is what uh, Luke wanted to show Theophilus, to whom these words originally were addressed to. And of course, for us today, in the providence of the Holy Spirit, how we need to respond to Jesus and to his word. I believe, as we're going to see today, that our response to Jesus and to his word depends on how we hear his words. This is what this parable of the sower or of the soils is all about. How do we hear and respond to God's word? This is the question I hope all of us we will be able to answer by the end of this message. 
How do we hear and respond to God's word? If you look with me up in verse 1 of chapter 8, we will see that soon after leaving Simon's house, Jesus went on through many cities and villages with his disciples, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And when a great crowd gathered to hear him, as we see from verse 4, Jesus tells them a parable that we just read. Notice that from verse 5 to verse 8, Jesus tells the parable to the crowd, but then from verse 9 to verse 15, he tells only to his disciples and not to the crowd why he spoke to the crowd in parables and explains the parables also to his disciples. And this he did in response to their inquiry about the meaning of the parable, as we see there in verse 9. It is like they said, Lord, we did not get anything about what you just said to the crowd. What did you mean by the seeds and even by the sower? Like, wh what is those different soils? What is the meaning of that? And at the end, you have said to those people that who have ears to hear, let him hear. What does it mean, Lord? What do you mean by all those things? I wonder Jesus looked at them with that gracious smile and said, I'm glad you ask. But I need two hours to explain all this to you. Are you willing to listen to that? They would answer, definitely. Speak, O Lord, that your servants hear. So I believe today I have two hours to preach all the meaning of Jesus' uh, parable here. But don't be scared again, okay? I'll be quick as the Spirit will lead us. So don't leave your seat. All right, why Jesus said to the crowd, he who hears, let him hear. We see that in verse, at the end of verse 8. The best way I found to explain this was to think of many times believers try to share the gospel with people that they love and that they care, and they are there trying with all passion, with all energy, with all love, trying to communicate the gospel to them, how Jesus came to die for their sins, how if they don't repent, they will face God's judgment. But those people are there listening, but do not absorb or receive the word that many believers share. Or maybe you can think about if you are married, in times that husband, your wife is talking to you, 
But because you have already an idea of that situation, she's trying to explain her view on a specific situation, but you cannot hear her, and at the end, you just uh, uh, like quickly respond with the idea that was in your mind. Or even uh, wives, remember, when your husband was trying to share the things of the work uh, when he gets home, but because it is not really something that might interest you, you are there with your ears, but you are not receiving and you are not absorbing what is or what your husband is trying to tell you. This is what Jesus meant by what, uh, who those that have ears let them hear you see the bible says that from from our physical senses we do have also our spiritual senses in the same way that we have our physical eyes we do have also our spiritual eyes and the same way as we have our physical ears we do also have our spiritual ears when Jesus said that he who has ears to hear, let him hear, he's not talking about our physical hear, but he's talking about our spiritual hear. It means to understand the heart of God in the message he was speaking. If those people was, were only uh, wondering that Jesus was talking about agriculture, they missed the point of that uh, parable. But it was also on purpose that Jesus did that. Parables, as we say in the beginning, are or were a way that Jesus provoked people to be interested and to come to him for understanding of the scriptures. You remember very well Nicodemus. He heard and saw what Jesus did for, uh, for the people. He saw the ministry of Jesus. But because he had not that understanding, he ran up to Jesus in the evening in order for Jesus to explain him more of his word. And by that time, we see Jesus explaining to Nicodemus in John 3 what he meant by the uh, words that he was uh, teaching. And he said to Nicodemus, if you are not born again, if you are not born of the water and of the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. We know that for sure those words of Jesus to Nicodemus give, give, or gave him an understanding. And after he meditates and absorbs Jesus' uh, words, the Bible says and the Bible confirms that Nicodemus was born again. So he had then his ears. Nicodemus had his spiritual ears open for them to understand the scriptures. 
The same thing happened with the disciples in the way of Amos, and we will see that in Luke 24 when we will, see, uh, when we will share that. The Bible says that while Jesus was with, with them, Jesus uh, opened the scriptures and taught them about everything the scriptures was teaching about Jesus. And at the end of that story, they had in that case their eyes open and they, sh uh, they could uh, see Jesus. So this is what we are talking about in here. We are talking about a spiritual ears that understands and receives God's word. This week in our small group, uh, in the Bible study small group of a Ligonier with another brother, Sinclair Ferguson said that we live in a society where we are taught to have our own opinion for everything. When we listen, we do not listen to receive what is being taught, but we listen to judge uh, what we hear according to what I think, according to what I want, or according to what I feel. And unfortunately, I think that we bring this attitude also when we are hearing God's word. We want to judge God's word and not really receive it in our hearts according to what I think, what I want, or what I feel. And this is a danger because when the Bible speaks, God speaks. And our attitude towards that should be an attitude of listening with that intent to obey and to bow down to the leadership of our Lord Jesus Christ. But unfortunately, this is not is happening right now. Every time that we listen God's word, we hear God's words, we are quick to judge according to our own standards. This is not what hears to hear means. When Samuel heard God's voice, he said, Speak, O Lord, that your servant hear. The attitude of Samuel was to receive God's word as the word came to him. Look, I'm not saying here that we do not judge what we hear. And because of many doctrines, false doctrines that are coming, we need to judge the scriptures. Or we need to judge, sorry, what we hear. What I'm trying to say is that let your judgment of what you hear be informed by the truth of God's word rather that rather by what I think what I want or what I feel let the truth of God prevail in your ears who has ear let him hear what the spirit is saying to the church this morning Jesus continuing in verse 10. And he says there, 
to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. So after the disciples were together alone with Jesus, he came and he said, or they said, they asked to Jesus, Father, what do you meant, or Lord, what do you meant by those words? And Jesus is explaining here. When he said over there that to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, he is saying that it is not from your own ability that you understand what I'm saying to you. You can remember Peter when in Matthew 16 he declared that Jesus was uh, the Messiah. Jesus quickly said to Peter, it was not flesh and blood that revealed that unto you, but my Father who is in heaven. This is the same thing. The understanding that they have from this parable, as we're going to see very soon, it comes from Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the God incarnate. The revelation is not their own ability to understand God's word, but it is the revelation that comes from God's own mouth. And we see, after that, Jesus saying that for others, they are in parables. Why Jesus? So that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. These words, I believe, are quoted from Isaiah 6, when Isaiah, after receiving the commission from the Lord, went about in his ministry. But for me, as I see this passage, I see that these words of Jesus are linked with the attitude of the hearts of the people. The example I gave in the beginning of Nicodemus, when Jesus spoke a parable, he meant for people or to, to make people's heart to crave to understand what Jesus meant and to go after him as he did, with, or as Nicodemus did. And in this passage, we see that the disciples, they respond in the same way. They went to Jesus to ask what the meaning of the parable. When Jesus is saying, so that seeing they may, uh, uh, seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand, is that is not that Jesus doesn't want to reveal himself to them. But what we understand from this passage is that the heart of the people were not really keen and open to receive God's word. This is what this word meant. Then Jesus started then to interpret the parable to them from verse 11 and shows that the problem is not with the seed. And we see over there that Jesus says that the seed is the word of God. And in here we see also that it is 
specifically the message that Jesus was proclaiming, uh, which was about the kingdom of God. It was the same seed in the four soils or in the four scenarios that we will just, we are about to see. So the problem was not with the seed, with the word of God. It was the same word that was preached or that was uh, sown in every soil. But because it was the same word, we can understand that the problem was in the soils. The emphasis here in this parable is in the manner each soil receives, receives or not the seed or for the sake of this message, how our heart receives God's word. Brethren and friends, the kingdom of God is the kingdom of the heart, which demands a response from those who, hears, who hear its proclamation. And Jesus here is showing us the hears today that we can hear and respond in four different ways to him and his word. The first three uh, ways implies rejecting God's word, rejecting the seed. And the last one implies receiving it. Let us see them together very quickly. We can respond to Jesus and to his word from, first of all, a hard heart, a hardened heart. We see this in verses 5 and verse 12. Verse 5, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of air devoured it. The explanation, verse 12, the ones along the path are those who, are, who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they may not believe and be saved. We see here, and we want to understand, that this path meant a hardened heart. A heart that is not open to receive God's word, the seed of God's word. Those are people that in their willingness, in their own uh, decision, they refuse to receive God's word in their heart. And they become, because of that, completely darkened. And they walk in darkness all their lives. Even being alive, they are dead simply because they didn't open their lives to the word of God. Ephesians 4.18, the Bible says, they are darkened, talking about people that are lost, people that have hardened their hearts. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Watch now due to their hardness of heart. But brothers and sisters, this word was for unbelievers. But I truly believe that sometimes we as believers 
and according to the scripture, we can also harden our hearts. We can refuse to be changed by God. To unbelievers, that is the saving grace that they are refusing. But to us as a believer, that will be the refining grace that we uh, are subjected until Jesus comes, that we will be refusing. See with me what Hebrews 3, uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 3, from verse 12 to 13 says, Take care, brothers, lest there, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. We see the, 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 the problem in here is that sin is very deceitful. Your heart can be broke or can be hard because of sin or maybe because of pride as well. And we see what Hebrews is asking us to do is for us as brothers and sisters to come together in community, for us to be accountable one another, for my brother and my sister that have access to my life, see areas in my life that my heart is hardened and point it out in order to allow the word of God to come into my heart and change my heart. So this is a call of us as a church, New Life Church in Abu Dhabi, come together, open your heart, open your home, allow people to come in your life for them to see areas that you have hardened your heart. Husbands and wife, we are good to do that, yes? Open up your heart when your husband is saying something, noticing something in your life, wife. And husbands, do the same. Children, youth, allow your parents listen with their ears and with your heart. Don't harden your heart. As long as we reject God's word, our hearts become harder and harder. And take uh, attention on that. Don't harden your heart. The second soil that the Bible says, and that's another way that we can hear and respond to God's word. It is from a rocky or a stony heart. We see that from verses 6 and verses 13. The Bible there says that some fell into rock and it, it, it and, and it, it and as it grew up, it withered away because it had not moisture. Verse 13, that's the explanation. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with the joy. But these have not root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, they fall away. I believe this implies, this rocky stone that Jesus is saying here, implies a shallowness 
the word just in the surface. And there is not fruit as well in, in this regard. Jeremiah 23, 29, the Bible says, Is not my word like fire, declares the, the Lord, like a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces? The same word of God that we are receiving, that's the one that has ability and the power to change our heart from the heart of stone to the heart of flesh. And this is what Jesus is saying here. The main thing that we need to take from here is that as we listen to God's word, we need to allow God's word to be deeper in our hearts. We need to be people that love God's word and study it like the Bereans and are eager by God's grace to live it out. Why? Because in the last days, the Bible said, people will ever be learning, but never coming to the knowledge of truth. And for us, this truth is a person, the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are not talking about only good theology here, but we are talking about a person. When the Bible is saying here that the seed that fall, uh, fell in this soil didn't go deeper, didn't uh, create roots, it means that that person didn't allow himself or allow Jesus Christ to reveal more and more to, to, to her or to him. I say that good theology is not what we are saying that we need to go deeper. Because you can know the Bible from cover to cover and you, can, and you may not know our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus himself did that or said that to the Pharisees. Look with me uh, in John chapter 5 verses 39 to 40. Jesus is saying... You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to me and to have life. Brothers and sisters, these have a huge implication in our days, in our lives. Why? Because for us to have that seed to create root, we need time. Every relationship, if we want them to blossom, it demands time. We need to invest more time to know our Lord Jesus Christ. Relationship has everything to do with time. But today, in our life in Abu Dhabi, we don't have much time to do that, isn't it? Our works, our jobs, our uh, families, many things around our lives are taking us from the Word of God. There is no way for us to know Him, for us to know the Kingdom of God, if we don't spend time in God's Word. A message of... 30, 15 minutes on Friday, one hour, it's not enough, my brother and my sister. Absolutely, it's not enough. That's why we have other platforms during the week for you to join us. Take advantage of that. We need to invest time to know God's Word 
into deep our relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. How are we hearing his words today? And how are we responding to that? He or she that has ears, let him or her hear what the Spirit says to the church. Third way we can respond and or we can hear and respond to God's word is there is found there in verse five, uh, 7 and verse 14, which I meant as the covetous heart. Verse 7, And some fell among thorns, and thorns grew up, we did and choked it, and some fell, uh, and some fell into good soil. Sorry, that's verse eight. So that's verse seven only. Uh, as the thorns, as the seed fell on the stones, they grew up, and it uh, was shocked. But verse fourteen, the Bible says, and as for what fell in the thorns, are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are shocked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. We know what the Bible says there in Matthew 6, 19 and 34, and I'm not going to read all that. But this is the example that we can imagine that the rich young ruler that the Bible says talks about. When he came to Jesus and Jesus said for him to leave everything, his heart was so entitled, or so linked with his richness that he said, I prefer my richness than Jesus. Unfortunately, this is what people are doing right now. They can travel from one country to another, as we did. We came from our countries to Abu Dhabi just for money. And I hope, New Life Church, that as I'm speaking to you this morning, that we have already understood that we didn't come to UAE or to Abu Dhabi just for the sake of money. There is something greater that God wants to do in our lives. But we need to open. If our hearts remain divided between seeking our richness, our empire, and God, the Bible says that it is impossible for us to serve two masters. I'm not saying that we, we will not take care of our families. I'm not, I'm not saying that we will not uh, take uh, 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 or gain money for our retirement. But I'm saying if your life is controlled only by that, take care. Because your heart doesn't belong completely to our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus will not divide your heart with anyone else. It is all in or all out. New Life Church, as long as we have our heart divided, our fru fruits, fruits will never mature. And people cannot eat from it and glorify God's name. How is our heart today? Are we more preoccupied with the cares of this world, with what we, we eat, drink, uh, the clothes. Jesus says that the Father knows that you need all these things, 
But what? Seek first the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God grows and is sought when we spend time to understand God's words. Fourth and last form or last way that we can respond, hear and respond to God's word. Verses 8 and 15. Verse 8, And some fell into good soil and grew and healed hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears, let him hear. The explanation, verse 15, As for that in the good soil, there are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience, with patience. There is fruit with patience that will remain forever. This is the heart that we need as a church, as individual, as a family, we need to seek from God. The heart that holds fast, like that firm grip to God's word that we need to understand what God is saying to us. It is a heart of honesty. There is no hidden areas in your life. By the way, God knows everything of your life. He just wants you to be honest and to open up to him, even that he knows what is going on in your life. The Bible says that if we walk in light as Christ is in the light, is where we have true fellowship with him, and the blood of Jesus purifies us from all iniquity. If we do that, we will bear fruit, but with patience. It's not quick and fast, but is sure fruit that will remain for eternity. Brothers and sisters, it all starts with the renewal of our hearts. And I need to tell you, believer and believer today, this morning, that only God can change your heart. Only God can transform your heart. When in Ezekiel, God addressed the people of Israel, he was very clear about that. Ezekiel 36 says, from verse 24, I will take you from the nation and gather you from all countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. And from, your, from all your idols I will cleanse you and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your f- the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules the picture I have in mind was that uh, Sinclair Ferguson shared in the Bible study that I mentioned in the beginning. I cannot help but borrow his example, his application of Genesis 32, 22 from 32. You can read that passage for yourself afterwards. This is in relation to how we hear and respond God's word. It is also a known story. It talks about the angel of God, uh, the angel of God that blessed and changed Jacob's name. You can read, as I say, that story afterwards. 
by Sinclair say something very pointy that I want to share with you. Jacob's determination of not letting the angels, the angel of the Lord go without blessing, blessing him speaks about our heart attitude to understand the scripture in order for us to see and find the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. The angel touching his hip, causing Jacob to limp, speaks about humbling uh, Jacob's heart by the word of God. It implies receiving God's word in our hearts and apply it in every area of our lives without judging it according to what I think, what I desire, or what I feel. Third and last, Jacob coming from the valley of Jabok as the sun rose upon him speaks about a transformed inward life as we encounter Christ in and through his word. Matter of fact, when Jacob had his name changed, that means that he had indeed been born again and his heart was changed. How are we hearing and responding to Jesus and to his word right now? If you have ears that hear, let you hear what the Spirit is saying to you now. Pray with me. Our gracious Heavenly Father, sometimes it's difficult to understand bit by bit what you meant in your word. But this is to say that you are the creator, Lord, and we are the creature. And in that condition, you have said that you look to us or you expect us, Lord, for us to respond back to your word in order for us to see you moving in us and through us. Lord, I know that we are living difficult times, but I pray starting from me, Lord, and for your church here in Abu Dhabi, have mercy on us. Save the lost and sanctify us through your word. Teach us, Lord, to receive your word as it is in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remove from us all idols, O oh Lord, that are trying to rob us from our relationship from, with you, Lord. Father, help your church. May your name be glorified by us or by you seeing in us a church committed to the word of God, a church committed to study your word, a church committed to apply your word, a church committed to the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, as we see him revealed in and through your word. Again, Lord, teach us to receive your word so that our lives will be changed, our mind will be renewed, your name will be glorified, and your grace, O oh Lord, will be praised forever and ever. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.
join with us as we sing our song of response, Amazing Grace. God bless you. <laughs>